Hello and welcome to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. And uh, what a what a week it has been uh, for LGBT folks uh, here and uh, across the world. It's been it's been a tough week for for queer folks this uh, this past week. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll 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 jump into why. I, I assume uh, Seb that you've seen uh, the pretty uh, horrific news that's come out recently from Colorado. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So just uh, just for those who may not be uh, familiar, a shooter opened fire on a on a gay bar um, in Colorado. Um, uh, he was subdued. I believe it was a former combat veteran who uh, was able to uh, subdue the the shooter in the end. And I think. Uh, if I recall correctly, five people have uh, died as a result of uh, of this attack on yet mm-hmm. another yet another gay bar in uh, in the U.S. and uh, another twenty five injured. Yep, yeah, yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty horrific um, attack for sure. So far, um, everything points to this definitely being hate motivated as well, uh, which is. Which may sound obvious, but uh, for example, when the the Pulse nightclub shooting happened a few years ago, uh, early indications kind of showed that the shooter just chose that location because it was particularly crowded on Friday nights. Um, And it took a while to confirm whether or not it even was hate motivated. But this one, all early signs kind of indicated that it, it, it almost definitely was. Well, um, the the person who's been arrested, 22-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich, uh, has been held on murder and hate crimes charges in Colorado. Um, just a quick correction here. We believe now that the number is 18 injured um, and five, uh, five killed. Um, okay. The incredible actions of Richard Fierro um, was uh, what uh, helped to take down the, uh, the gunman. Um, I think initial reporting was that uh, somebody wrestled away his pistol and then hit him with it um, yes. and uh, was able to subdue the, the assailant. Uh, transcripts and recordings from the, uh, from the uh, emergency services kind of indicated quite quickly that uh, uh, police, paramedic and fire responded incredibly quickly uh, mm-hmm. to uh, reports of the incident. Uh, and when police barged in, guns drawn, uh, the patrons at the bar actually had uh, the shooter pinned to the ground mm-hmm. um, and uh, and subdued. Um, yeah, no, this is this has been uh, a very tough week um, for folks in in the states for sure as a result of this. Have you learned any sort of additional details about the case or uh, it, it's fairly recent like we're still learning about yeah at, uh, at yeah. time of recording at least 13 victims are still inside hospital um, as uh, dealing with uh, um, shooting um, sort of bullet wounds I think of the 18 I think 17 of them had been shot um, the other one probably just got injured in the in the carnage um, that uh, that uh, received. Uh, we don't know all of the identities of those who had been uh, killed in this incident, but we do know some of the identities. Uh, Daniel Aston, the 28-year-old bartender, 
uh, at Club Q, where the shooting took place um, in Colorado in the United States, uh, in Colorado Springs, um, has been confirmed uh, by his mother to be one of uh, one of the victims. Uh, Kelly Loving, 40, um, was on a weekend trip from Denver. Um, she has um, she's also been confirmed as being one of the victims uh, who passed. Uh, she was on FaceTime with a friend of hers just minutes before the the shooter burst into uh, burst into the room. Um, yeah, no, it's I saw some interviews saying uh, essentially, you know, where do we go now? Where, where is safe? Where where can the gay community go? Where um, they won't be shot at, essentially. Um, the police reported that they had responded to it in mere minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. As I mentioned earlier, um, this happened uh, quite quite quickly. But mm-hmm. I think it uh, it relates to a number of things. I mean, first of all, this guy had been arrested previously for bomb threats. Mm-hmm. Um he well, was arrested in he, June for allegedly threatening his mother with a homemade bomb. Th- there's a there's a, a an asterisk there where somebody with the exact same name and exact same training was arrested for these things, and the police are just double checking that it's definitely the same guy. It's a guy with a pretty unique name, but the uh, the, the police are doing a pretty good job of saying you never know; it could be somebody else with the same name. But um, yeah, they're they're in the process of uh, confirming the background um, just for the 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 sake of our listeners I, I cannot stress that you know this is pretty recent and some of these investigations take days weeks and sometimes even months to resolve some of the the missing information so yeah they're 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 still gathering info they're still you know did he purchase his guns legally was he on any kind of you know mental health lists um they're they're still looking into a lot of these details yeah yeah, we. Uh, but it reminds me of another story that I saw in the past week about a children's hospital uh, that had uh, almost faced evacuations, but they were able to uh, to avoid it at the eleventh hour um, because of additional bomb threats um, by just extremists. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. Third bomb threat uh, over the trans healthcare at the children's hospital in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a visceral and incredibly hateful environment. Um, I know you're not the biggest fan of um, uh, Alexandra Ocasio Cortez, but she yeah. she tweeted She's- something that just I think spoke so incredibly, and I'll follow this up with uh, with a story we saw out of Texas. Um, so she was responding to a tweet by the Republican uh, governor um, in uh, in Colorado. Um, let me see if I can find uh, the exact wording uh, of of the initial tweet. But essentially, the governor of Colorado said, "You know, this uh, you're in my thoughts and prayers." Um, and yeah, Ocasio Cortez wasn't having any of that. You know, there is a difference between thoughts and prayers, and then, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, all of the rhetoric that uh, that boiled up to reach that point. This this story is actually uh, news to me. Do have they any information on? Uh, have they tracked down who's been putting in the bomb threats, or is it are they in uh, Massa- Massachusetts? 
the yep. third bomb threat. Well, yep. that's one of the clinics that does um, uh, care for young trans folks. So oh, they've, I been, know about they've it, had yeah. about they've had about three bomb threats so far. Um, so yeah, Lauren yep. Bobert uh, had tweeted out essentially saying the news out of Colorado Springs is absolutely awful. The mm -hmm. morning, this morning, the victims and the families are in my prayers. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez replied, "You have played a major role in elevating anti-LGBT hate rhetoric and anti-trans lies while spending your time in Congress blocking even the most common sense gun safety laws. You don't get to thoughts and prayers your way out of this. Mm -hmm. Look inward and change." And uh, yeah, I, I'm going to just couple that with another story that I saw this past week from uh, the United States. We generally don't cover American news because it can be incredibly soul destroying. Um, but uh, the news out of Texas is Texas Republicans have introduced 17 anti-LGBT bills so far. Um, including bans on access to gender-affirming care for young trans folks, blocking the education of LGBT topics in schools, uh, banning the participation in athletic teams of trans folks, and even bills to criminalize LR drag performances in venues. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's in a context where there is so much hateful rhetoric at mm -hmm. the most extreme end, the fact that we're seeing uh, a significant uptick in bomb threats, in, mm -hmm. in threats against institutions, and there are some people who are taking it as far as taking the lives of uh, of your and, you know I, it makes me wonder did did pulse the pulse massacre, the one of the worst shootings in uh, US uh, history, did mm -hmm. it teach them nothing? you know what I mean? Like, like, I mean, to me, when I when I think about this, in my mind, it links more to Uvalde and Sandy Hook than it does to most of the other events, just because um, one of the reasons why we don't really cover a lot of the U.S. stories is just because it's kind of this constant barrage. Um, I I saw sort of a, a, a dark humor. I mean, not, a, not everybody appreciates dark humor, but there was a meme the other day that I saw where the U.S. celebrated a day with no school shootings, and um, it, it's dark. But I mean, they they got problems sometimes. Um, if, if you look across the states, there's always something happening, and it, it kind of gets uh, difficult to cover all of it. So I don't know. We tend to just focus on the big stories. Um, the Boston Children's Hospital, yeah, that that is kind of different and interesting. Uh, there, I mean, I've heard problems uh, from the trans community regarding that facility, but that's a completely, totally different story that we can get into on some other day. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough week, and it's a very tough topic to uh, to, to talk about. You know, and it's you know this shooting, this horrific attack in in uh, Colorado Springs is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, on November the 14th, there was an article in The Advocate about how federal law enforcement had managed to arrest um, uh, several people, uh, particularly uh, Omar Al-Khotul 18 of Sayreville, who had indicated that he believed he was talking to ISIS operatives and planned to uh, attack a Jewish synagogue and uh, LGBT establishments. 
um, in uh, where is this um, New Jersey. Mm. So th this is this and that was an, an uh, I suppose a good story that uh, some crazy guy in New Jersey wasn't able to attack um, you know a synagogue and, and LGBT venues. Mm -hmm. But this, you know, the the bomb threats and the children's hospital, the attack on Q Club in Colorado. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to to see good news here. It's a mm -hmm. lot. It's a lot, and especially the weekend of Trans Day of Remembrance. You know, I think uh, in the United States, about thirty-two trans women had been murdered over the past year from uh, mm -hmm. the previous Trans Day of Remembrance. Um, we know that there were there were commemorations happening uh, in major cities across Canada as part of uh, TDOR, Trans Day of Remembrance, uh, as folks take a minute to uh, really assess um, the impact uh, that this violence and this visceral hate has had on our community. Um, I don't know. It's and Canada's not immune. You know, thankfully we have not mm -hmm. had these kind of horrific attacks uh, that the Americans are, are sort of suffering through. But the 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 ideology is seeping over. The hate rhetoric mm. is seeping over, um, and it just takes one person with a couple of screws loose mm -hmm. uh, and access to a firearm, and then we might be seeing the same thing here. Yeah, the worst event that I can think of. Um in Canada over the past few years was the that street preacher in Vancouver um, who just yells at people and then other people say, uh, do you have a permit? Can you get off the sidewalk, please? Mm -hmm. And uh, there was um, there was a high school student who was roughed up on the light rail service here in Ottawa. Yeah, and that was four years ago, three years ago. So, I mean, you're absolutely right that we've been pretty luckily lucky that so far the, the stories in Canada. I mean, the fact that somebody got got roughed up on a train mm -hmm. uh that's a very different scale of of tragedy relative to what's happening in the u.s and not to make light of what happened there i mean i disapprove of violence in all its forms but uh that's we're pretty lucky that that's kind of our worst story at this point in time there was the the small uh i guess you could call it a small riot that happened in hamilton what was it uh that would have been three years ago now four years um and it it was uh it was activists versus counter activists i guess you could well, say well yeah it was, it was not a riot it was um there was uh it was a tussle altercation uh, yeah. a violent altercation during the Hamilton yeah. pride yeah. um don't get me wrong not all crime is anti gay hate crime and i think yeah. that it's it's although the horrific attack and the murder of these five innocent people in Colorado Springs does raise the specter of where this hate is really going, mm -hmm. you know. It in contrast to that, I want to talk about an investigation in New York. Um, so the New York City Police Department were investigating uh, several violent assaults and a couple of people that were murdered um, in uh, in uh, New York in Hell's Kitchen. Um, and people suspected that uh, there was gangs targeting gay folks leaving the gay bars in Hell's Kitchen. Uh, mm -hmm. The police have now confirmed that although two people have been murdered and a whole bunch of people have been violently mugged and robbed, um, mm -hmm. bank accounts drained, not all of the people were gay. So now they right. suspect that there is just a violent gang 
attacking and killing people for the money as opposed to attacking and killing them just yeah. for their uh, their sexuality. They were targeting a neighborhood, and that neighborhood happened to have a gay bar. Exactly, exactly. Right. Okay, yeah. I remember, uh, uh, oh, how long ago was it? Uh, maybe six or seven years ago, there was a string of crimes in... This is really digging into the vaults. I think it was L.A., and they thought it was a hate crime, but it was actually just drug crime. Um, and no, uh, people were basically just being hit for not respecting drug sellers mm -hmm. as drug sellers like to be respected. And uh, it uh, it just happened to be that a lot of people who got the news were LGBT identified. I think it was L.A. I might be making this up. As I said, I'm going into the vaults for this one. Uh, but yeah, it, it is. I don't like to declare that everything is a hate crime right away. You know, it, it's good to sit back and take that half second and think about something. If nothing else, I don't want to live in a state of panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to. The <laughs> looking at American news is mm -hmm. um, is. Uh, Everything seems to be very diametrically opposed. It's very uh, um, binary, mm -hmm. very for or against this or that. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to mention a report that got recently released by the Human Rights uh, HRC, Human Rights Campaign. Um, mm -hmm. They do a lot of um, uh, pro-equality work. They did a survey. They worked with the polling firm JQR to understand uh, some of what they call equality voters. Um, so voters who uh, support LGBT equality specifically, and then mm -hmm. they try and understand how that group of people, pro-LGBT people, responded to various elections. And what they found is part of the reason why a lot of Republicans, in at least according to their research, uh, the reason why a lot of Republicans uh, lost on up and down the ballot uh, in the recent uh, 2022 midterm elections mm -hmm. um, is because this group of people vehemently voted against them. So they go on to say, and I'll, I'll quote here, across the country, election deniers and right-wing social warriors lost winnable elections because they advocated views that are out of touch with average voters, particularly the huge number of equality voters who made up the critical difference up and down the ballot. Um, so yeah, they reckon about 38% of the 2022 electorate uh, were... In, in favor of L L B LGBTQ mm. issues. Um, Some of that, though, to be honest, was just a lot of the Republicans did not, well, not the Republicans, a lot of the uh, electoral regions in the states just didn't send their best people. Like, famously, there was that one region where, like, Dr. Oz was there, uh, who's kind of famously a mediocre doctor who is frequently proven wrong by fact checkers. Like, it was just a lot of their candidates were just not good man there, there's a lot of uh i mean i a lot of the complaints that i have about uh politics these days is just that there's a lot of parties in many countries that are just not sending their best people i mean we could talk about british politics and how a lot of them are not sending their best people as well well i mean Britain's, but yeah britain's been scraping the barrel i think they're actually they've gone through the barrel and they're in the dirt now uh, just uh trying to find politicians to lead the country um, I just want to wrap up a bit more on this uh, this report by uh, mm -hmm. the Human Rights Campaign. They uh, they go on to say that this confirms extensive research prior to the election that found that anti-transgender attacks are effective in riling up 
extreme members of the conservative base, uh, but less than, uh, and earlier they mentioned, less than 5% of, uh, um, so they realize that most people don't actually respond to that topic. So although mm. it seems to rile up a very small number of right-wing uh, conservatives for the vast majority of people voting, that was not uh, an issue that got them out of their house to go and vote. Um, but mm -hmm. what it did was, on the flip side of the coin for LGBT folks who are directly impacted by this, mm -hmm. it sure as heck motivated them to go out and vote. Yeah, I do remember seeing uh, stats that they had an uncommonly high turnout for younger voters. Um, and that, that was a huge part of what, what tilted the election in. There's a lot of uh, uh, places that have been historically consistently either Republican or Democrat that, that flipped. Um, well, both the, directions, the Republicans really. took some of New York um, in a couple of seats there, but mm -hmm. uh, the Republicans were expecting to sweep uh, state secretary positions and various positions that are sort of instrumental to the the functioning of, of democracies in various states. And in every single one of them, like every single one of them, where there was uh, a candidate that was pro-Trump, pro the big lie, every mm -hmm. single one of them lost their election. With, like it, was it was a, a it was a it was a repudiation of uh, of that politics for sure. It was, it was a tepid result all around. Uh, actually, it was even a tepid result for independents. There was a, a little bit fewer independents than usual as well. It was sort of a I don't know. It's like everybody somehow underperformed at the same time. It was a weird election. Um, but yeah, no, eh. I did see some good news coming from the states. What? Please tell me the good news, because uh, <laughs> yeah, we we certainly are in uh, in need of it. Well, so it comes down to when people defend the for-profit healthcare system in the states, they're defending this kind of story. Although this kind of thing happens about once a decade, and it kind of doesn't really come out in the wash as being ultimately useful. But there have been multiple pharmaceutical companies looking at. Um, the at-home testing that came out of the COVID-19 pandemic, and they have been trying to develop uh, at-home testing panel kits. So, you know, one drop of blood or one uh, saliva swab or, or one whatever it is that they're working with. Yeah. And you put that on like a little dipstick and it tests. Um, it depends on which company you're looking at because there's several different companies working on this. Um, multiple STDs at the same time. And what they're trying to do is get panel kits for at-home testing so that you can look at the, the big ones. You can look at uh, chlamydia, syphilis, gonorrhea, and HIV. Definitely all those four in one kit. Uh, some of the kits do more, but all of them do those four. And the prices range, it's not great. It's about 99 on average. So 100 bucks on average for a home kit. Uh, and if you're sexually active, you should probably be doing that once a month. Mm -hmm. So... The prices will come down eventually, but uh, they looked into it and they actually found that the the success rate, the false positives are uh, not too high and the false negatives are not too high either. And they're actually, they're kind of, uh, the FDA in the States has determined that a lot of these at-home STD panel kits are actually not only ready for market, but they're more accurate on average than most at-home kits. I think pregnancy tests, reasonably enough, are probably some of the most accurate, uh, if anything else, because they've been on the market for longer. 
Um, but yeah, they're, they're looking to uh, launch a whole range of these. And uh, I know I'm saying they, I'm speaking very generically um, because there are multiple companies working on this. But yeah, the Center for Disease Control has definitely looked into this as being a possible future solution. And uh, as it usually goes, Canada tends to run two to five years behind the states. And this is a situation where it might be good if this technology can get properly tested on the market we might have Canadian knockoff generics uh, probably in about five to 10 years. Um, but that's sort of good news for the long run. That is excellent news. The uh, the other good news, because, I mean, let's find it where we can find it. Um, mm -hmm. The Joe Biden and uh, a lot of people are celebrating the passage of the uh, uh, Respect for Marriage Act. So that just passed the Senate. It's it's predicted that it will probably come into law now in the United States. Uh, so I previously spoke about uh, one of the major concerns with the fall of the Roe v. Wade uh, decision in the United States. Effectively, mm -hmm. uh, the Supreme Court made the decision that Roe v. Wade was not built on a constitutional foundation, essentially. Yeah, um, it, it wasn't the Supreme Court's job to do that. That should have been. Yeah, and it should have been. Yeah. It should have been a law. And uh, when you look yeah. at other major court decisions that are also not built on things specifically in the Constitution, uh, mm -hmm. that includes the Oberfell decision. So uh, interracial marriages uh, are the mm -hmm. same one, and same-sex marriages are the same one. Um, and a lot of people were predicting that with Roe v. Wade toppling down, uh, toppling over, that uh, the Supreme Court will will um, promptly come to uh, to uh, um, next. Now. Uh, I know that uh, Seb's having a little difficulty hearing me, but I can hear him, so that's fine. Um, the passage of the act will essentially legalize uh, interracial and same-sex marriage uh, moving forward. Um, and what that uh, does in the United States, uh, we're expecting it to be signed into law hopefully pretty soon. Um, but the key thing is uh, that uh, every state will have to recognize these marriages from other states. That does not preclude uh, a state from potentially uh, banning these marriages internally, but they will have to recognize marriages from other states. So we may well find ourselves in a situation in a couple of years' time where you know, some states have decided to uh, block same-sex marriage um, and, and others haven't, but uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, as we move forward. So yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at. Um, hopefully the same-sex uh, pro protection for same-sex marriage act um, comes forward. Uh, a lot of people were pointing out that Mitch McConnell uh, voted against uh, legalizing interracial same-sex marriage despite being in an interracial marriage. Sorry, mm -hmm. he voted against interracial marriages despite being in an interracial marriage uh, with people tweeting things like there's easier ways to get a divorce and, <laughs> and other such uh, such things. All right. Well, you should never trust a tortoise. This is true. All right. Yeah. We are going to jump to our first thing. This is Emoire uh, by uh, Roxanne uh, Brunou. We'll be back just after this. Derrière nous 
So that seemed to have jumped to a random spot on a, on a previous uh, track there by uh, Hoshi. So yeah, that was a bit unexpected. And the joys of doing it live. The joys. It, it, it is a joy. It is an absolute pleasure doing <laughs> uh, doing this live. Um, ooh. Okay. Um, so he's reacting to something. I, I am. I am reacting to something you put in the chat. It was very ooh worthy. Um, I want to start off with uh, with something a little bit different, though. I'm going to play you a TikTok. I reached out to the TikTok to, to actually get uh, uh, get permission uh, to to play this. Uh, the TikTok does uh, drop a, a, a term for excrement, but we will be we will uh, talk about it. Mm-hmm. I cannot stop thinking about best little boy in the world hypothesis and how like fuck it me. It's basically the I'm sorry, I didn't realize it had uh, that in there as well. We'll just keep going. High achievers to kind of distract from their queer identity. That's why so many gay men have amazing careers or dress the best or are amazing performers or you know all this shit. And it's something we learn at a young age. It's one of the reasons I started getting into running in the first place. I kind of felt like by doing a marathon, it brought the attention off of everything else, like who I am. You're not gonna get validation elsewhere. You gotta get creative. While I don't still need that external validation, it's still such a part of my life. Someday I will figure out how to let myself guide success versus the existential fear of not being accepted. Maybe. So that was uh, Brian, who is a uh, running coach out of Boston, I want to say. Um, I saw that TikTok and uh, it occurred to me, I was like, that's a really interesting hypothesis. It kind of, uh, they got penned in 2013. It is the best little boy in the world hypothesis. Um, I do want to quickly note that I listened, I watched through that video like five times in preparation for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did not catch the uh, the swearing in it. So that was, oh. that was, it actually, you know, I don't know if I'm, when I'm listening to broadcast, I'm, I'm paying attention to different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was listening to the content 
um, and 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 uh, not necessarily to the language the first time. So again, I mean, you could also say if you that. spend enough time on social media, it just washes over. It you. does. It does uh, wash over <laughs> me. So just to reiterate here, it was a, um, a study that came out in 2013 by um, by two incredible uh, uh, psychologists, John uh, Pachankis and Mark Hatzenbula. I believe they're out of Yale. Um, they are the they penned a thing on the social development of contingent self worth in sexual minority young men, an empirical investigation of the best little boy in the world hypothesis. Um, hmm. And then there was a follow up in 2021 uh, with the details kind of released in 2022 uh, that found uh, this one was written by also by. Um, uh, the anyway the follow up essentially looked also at women. Um, uh, as well, if it applies to them. So what is the best little boy in the world hypothesis and why did I think this was conversation worthy? So it is the idea that many gay men exhibit a drive to excel in achievement-related areas of life as mm-hmm. a way to avoid uh, staking self-worth on domains where others' rejection could negatively uh, affect them. So essentially, uh, I am going to become the best writer, the best runner, the best jogger, the best athlete, the best whatever. Be be the best. And then I just smacked my uh, my microphone with my wild mm-hmm. gesturing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to be the best so that you don't notice that I am uh, effeminate or gay or what have you. Because there are there is a phenomena of high powered closeted gays. Like mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is, it is definitely, it is definitely a thing, and and then this theory kind of emerged to potentially explain why that uh, why that happens. Are you familiar with this theory? I am not, but I am actually familiar with research on the opposite, which is uh, the relationship between the LGBT community and criminality, uh, violence, anger, petty crime, that kind of thing. Um, but. They can both be true. It's just not necessarily about the same person. It could just be that some people react by becoming the best little boy in the in the world, and other people react by uh, I don't want to say acting out because that makes it sound infantile, but like uh, sort of rejecting the society around them and going in a let's just say the opposite direction, kind of a trailer park boys direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, uh, this theory doesn't necessarily surprise me. Um, yeah, I find it interesting. Uh, whenever I see studies like this, uh, my initial instinct is, um, you know, to to do hypothesis testing. If you're going to give it a social reading and not something else, like, is there, you know, is it the environment? Is there other psychological factors at play? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I do want to. I do want to note. Sorry, I, I got it wrong. It uh, the term was initially coined by uh, the incredible. Uh, incredibly successful investment uh, um, uh, writer uh, mm-hmm. Andrew Tobias uh, in the 1970s, and it was the title of his memoir, "The Best Little Boy in the World." Um, mm-hmm. And then in 2013, they, uh, the, the two uh, researchers I mentioned earlier, it uh, sounds like the kind of thing David Sedaris would also say if you're familiar with his humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, it, it's new to me, but it's not news to me. I've heard other uh stories like this uh just from having lived my life and met other people that there are the number of people i've met who 
just talk about how they have to be the best in their field. Um, I'm starting, lately I've started learning little bits about, there's a, a rapper in the States called Tyler the Creator, who appears to have gone through this himself, actually. And the, the more I learn about him, the more I realize that, you know, this, this um, sort of uh, fashion guru and rapper and musician and producer uh, really is trying to prove to the world that there's more to him than just being openly bisexual. Um, and he is, he's trying to go, uh, let's say pre 2014 Kanye and trying to, <laughs> trying to do it all. Well, um, I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. I mean, a lot of the recent, recent research, um, and other places have noted one key thing in particular, and mm. that is the world of 2013. Uh -huh. is different from 2020, 2023, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like even the last 10 years, um, being gay has become, you know, step-by-step step more uh, more accepting. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the writer wrote his memoir in, you know, released his memoir in the 70s, obviously speaking to life in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a different world, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. A different world to be, to be gay. I don't know, I just find it, uh, it, it jumped off the page, as it were, the, mm -hmm. the best little boy in the world. I think the idea of queer folks overachieving to distract from their queerness is certainly something that I can, uh, that I can empathize with. Mm. So you had some really interesting, some ooh-worthy news ooh. that, uh, that I saw. Well, there, so there's the... There's a little story and then there's a bigger story. So I'll start with the little story first, which is a really good launch pad. And that is that Kevin Spacey has had another additional six charges of sexual assault leveled against him. Uh, by Not by six different people, by one person. Um, uh, still at the moment unnamed because they're going through the investigation and whatnot. Um, and sort of related to this... Some of you may have noticed that in the 90s, you could not walk down the street without seeing a poster with Brendan Fraser's face on it. He was and George then, of the Jungle. He yep. was in The Mummy, The Mummy Returns. Yep. Mummy and Sino Man. Yep. Exactly. Yep. All the things. Yeah. And then he disappeared. He just vanished. And those who know, well, he came back for Doom Patrol, which a lot of people are very excited about. And his voice acting on Doom Patrol is just perfect and hilarious. Uh, just, you know, you're a superhero, there's a giant fire-breathing goat, and instead of saying, I'm going to fight that, you say, what? And then you go home. And that's him. And I get that. I'm down with that energy. But and anyway. Now, and now he's the lead in the whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. famously, yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, he disappeared because he was blacklisted because he got sexually assaulted by an unnamed uh, producer in Hollywood, and he spoke out about it. And uh, it's, it's kind of a smaller-scale... Uh, Weinstein kind of a situation. Mm -hmm. Now, just for our, the context for our listeners, pre-Weinstein, pre-Me you know, um, mm -hmm. Too movement, yep. it was not uncommon for even you know, the A-listers to, to step on the wrong side of a powerful, terrible yep. man um, yep. and uh, be, la be blacklisted and, and thrown into obscurity. Lucy Liu, for example, was threatened, if you don't do what I say, you'll lose your career. And she said, all right, bye. So that she just walked away. She didn't care. But uh, so uh, recently, Brendan Fraser has said, I'm not going to hold my tongue anymore. I'm actually going to say who that unnamed person was. And it was Philip Burke, head of the Golden Globe Association, who is also a uh, film producer. Now, 
normally I would say allegedly or accused, except that actor James Woods has also stepped forward saying, yeah, he groped me too, and he almost ended my career. Uh, James Woods' career actually was stalled, but uh, because he was, uh, because Seth MacFarlane, a mm-hmm. uh, uh, Family Guy fame, was a huge fan of James Woods, and he got into voice acting through through Family Guy, and then ended up uh, doing voice acting on like The Simpsons and all that. Uh, voice acting actually relaunched his career little by little. So he's kind of stepped forward to, con- to confirm that this high-powered individual in Hollywood had been blacklisting men who he had sexually assaulted who spoke out against him. Now, uh, there might be more names forthcoming, because quite often with things like this, we've seen you have one person step forward um, and they say, no, I'm not going to shut up. And then you get your own uh, a second Me Too movement. Because the original mm-hmm. Me Too was originally just for Weinstein. And then it kind of spread out to from there. And then like Kevin Spacey became a thing. And so this is very who had women predominantly who had been. Oh, yeah. Uh, predominantly women. Yeah. yeah. So this is it, it is interesting that um, I never thought that Brendan Fraser would name a champ. Uh, the person who did this to him because he was everywhere and then he just evaporated yeah and it was it was a hard blacklist so it, it is interesting there will be more news forthcoming uh from this and uh of all people i don't know just james woods the guy he's well, a mean, living cartoon you also yeah. brought it up with uh you mentioned that kevin spacey is facing another six allegations uh mm-hmm. against him he has been facing dogged allegations i believe that there are multiple investigations in britain uh for his time at uh, the, one of the royal theaters there um mm-hmm. where the metropolitan police service are currently uh in in i believe they're in the midst of their investigation um kevin spacey did recently win a court case that anthony rapp um from uh, who you may recognize from star trek discovery and also from mm-hmm. rent i recognize from him rent. most from rent yeah. um he accused uh, um, kevin spacey of assault when he was i believe 14 anthony rapp being 14. Mm-hmm. um kevin spacey won that court case um, and Anthony Rapper was not awarded the damages. It was not a criminal case. It was a civil lawsuit mm-hmm. um, that Anthony Rapp brought against Kevin Spacey. But Kevin Spacey is up to his eyeballs in legal action, left, right, and center. Um, and you're telling me that this is even more accountability, potentially, for yes. this uh, atrocious behavior. I I hope so. I hope something comes to it, yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick moment to... Uh, To gather our thoughts, we're going to be playing Blue Star by Sammy Volkov, and uh, we'll be back just after this. Walking home in winter light What you told me
Welcome back to Cancri, home of Canada's queer medium. My name is Luke Smith. My name is Sebastian, and I would like to point out that during the break, Luke was doing air saxophone. I was doing air saxophone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if you noticed. <laughs> I'm also in uh, at CIUT. Here we have a map room studio, and it's just a wall of windows. And there were like a, like a half dozen people out in the room, and it occurred to me mid air sax solo mm -hmm. that all they can see is just me holding my hands out in in what could be an air saxophone mm -hmm. but uh, of course they don't know uh, they don't <laughs> but you're holding your hands straight out like you're doing like the kenny g soprano sax you weren't yeah. even like holding your saxophone correctly i know well i've never played saxophone <laughs> and i've only played i've only played air saxophone once and been critiqued yes <laughs> yeah in my air saxophone uh you we, we, i was looking at music to play and this this is a Canadian LGBT identified uh, musician mm -hmm. and uh, really is uh, Sammy Volkov. And we will definitely, uh, Volkov, sorry, we will definitely be uh, playing more of uh, of Sammy's incredible, uh, incredible work. We were talking about it in the in the chat in the background and you described it as gay buddy Holly. And I'm like, yeah. yes, yes. 1950s style classic rock, like 
pre-classic rock, like rock rock, but with a blues influence. Yeah, Gay Buddy Holly, clearly. Absolutely. I just, <laughs> I, I, I love it. Um, I want to just note that we are monitoring the news for uh, LGBT, uh, for the, the, the World Cup taking place in Qatar. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew that the a lot of European uh, team captains were going to pl- wear the One Love armband, which was sort of a professional football's um, symbolic armbands in support of LGBT rights. They, they kind of uh, did some rounds prior to this World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, but right at the 11th hour, the FIFA and presumably under uh, pressure from Qatari government um, have announced that anyone wearing this patch will get an automatic yellow card. Mm-hmm. So then they made it uh, a real impact on the game. You know, if you even so much as highlight LGBT rights uh, issues mm-hmm. in the country, you will face a yellow card on the game. Or um, labor rights. Apparently, there have been activists there trying to talk about, uh, yeah. well, a lot of the issues. That Qatar I mean, it's, has, really. it's absolutely farcical to yeah. see people talking about going uh, to Qatar to raise these issues. Um, but the Qatari government is not seeing it. Um, I mean, I watched the Dutch play. I watched the Netherlands, and they had a yellow band that just said "No discrimination," and I'm like, "That's probably about as good as it gets." Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I saw BBC sports journalists wearing the band, being like, mm-hmm. "You know, you, you can't give me a yellow card. I'm, a, you know, I'm a sports journalist." Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's not great. Um, I did want to also mention that Joe Lysett uh, did air quote shred uh, £10,000 as David Beckham did not cave to his demands for for, um, pulling out of the $10 million contract he had from the Qatari government. Um, Mm. Just to be clear, it turns out that Joe Lysett did not actually shred £10,000. It is illegal to deliberately destroy. Yeah. Legal so what tender. he did is yeah. he threw ten thousand into a not turned on shredder, and then in the then they patched together a video clip where the shredder is just shredding paper. <laughs> so it, it looked yeah. like. Um, but what he did is he apparently donated the ten thousand to LGBT sports uh, organizations prior to even challenging David Beckham on this because he had so little faith that David Beckham would actually stand up to his morals and uh, mm. turn down the 10 million uh, that he uh, that he planned ahead. Um, planning ahead would have been buying stocks in Grindr, of all things. Okay. Uh, Grindr has soared by 300% after it went public. Ooh. Now, this is not uncommon. Uh, the stocks were selling for $16.90 a stock, um, as they, you know, as the as they joined the um, the the listing, um, and then they jumped up to seventy one dollars and fifty one cents um, shortly afterwards. So yeah, I suspect that's going to come back down again. Um, where are they located now? They have changed hands. The so many times. New York Stock Exchange is where it's being listed. So it's now a no, publicly no. listed company on the New York Stock Exchange. Where's the company? Is, is it still in China? Yeah, yeah. America somewhere? Okay. Yeah. It's changed hands so many times. It's it, hard it's to ridiculous. keep track. You know yeah. what? I had uninstalled Grindr for my mental health. <laughs> West Hollywood, apparently. Well, I mean, yeah. that makes sense. That checks Yeah, out. okay, yeah. So I, I had uninstalled it for my mental health, and uh, uh, I was like, oh, I'll just reinstall it. But I have, like, the dark, like, and it won't load the terms and service. 
So mm-hmm. I can't I can't get back on Grinder, which you know is maybe a, a hidden like a death blessing in disguise. Maybe yeah, uh, your 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 phone is trying to tell you something. Yeah, it's, it's like that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. You've had enough. <laughs> Step away from the Grinder. Um, but yeah, this is huge news that uh, it, if, you're, if your phone rejects TikTok public. next, then uh, oh yeah, <laughs> then it's an intervention if it blocks me on TikTok. That is yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, so we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that as it progresses. Uh, yeah, lots of news um, coming out this week. We didn't cover a conversation about um, uh, there was a judge that threw out a gay couple's lawsuit of a fertility clinic because uh, they had wanted two baby boys and one of them came out to be a girl. Mm-hmm. Happens sometimes when you're expecting mm-hmm. children. It doesn't come out exactly as you expect. So they sued the clinic. Uh, the judge tossed out the lawsuit recently. So maybe that's something to keep an eye on and dig into a lot of There are terms and conditions with IVF that it just this giant asterisk, I mean, I by like, the way, you never know. I feel like having children is not quite like Amazon. You know what I mean? It's hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not expecting a baby to arrive in the box. I'm not happy with it. I've got 30 days to put a sticker on it and send it back. Mm. Um, I feel like there's a little bit more involved with children than uh, Amazon right. than Amazon delivery. I don't know. Right. Is, uh, so it, it, it's more like a $900 graphics card and uh, less y- like yes. socks. Exactly. There. Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay, we, we're going to okay. get that on a T-shirt, more like $900 graphic. I mean, it's a lot to put on a T-shirt. All right, well, we have run out of time for today's show. We hope that uh, our wild ride of discussion from the the horrific events at Colorado Springs, the, the loss of the five lives there, through to our, our wide-ranging discussion um, mm-hmm. brings you joy. Don't forget, you folks can still donate to CIUT.FM. Uh, let them know that CanQueer sent you uh, so that uh, we can we can attribute some funds raised to our, mm-hmm. our own little mini goal. But that is it for now. We will be playing out with It's Not Okay by The Happy Failure. This is another rock song that uh, I was leaning towards, um, and uh, we'll go from there. Excellent. Are you going to say who you are? I'm Ben Sebastian, and thank you for listening.